Welcome to the ride. Life, Work, and Wealth Podcast with your host, Chris Rowe. Years ago, Chris was a firefighter and a paramedic and witnessed many people not getting another tomorrow, and it shaped who he is now as a financial strategist. Chris doesn't just help people plan for a secure tomorrow, he helps them plan for a better today. Chris lives in Burlington, Ontario, and is an investment advisor at Three Hats Financial, a trade name of Harborfront Wealth Management, an IROC dealer. Let's get to it. Mortgage rates have jumped. Should you be looking to lock in your mortgage or stay variable? Do higher rates make it harder to qualify for a home loan? And what does it mean for home prices? Mortgage broker Derek Gold is back for another show with your host, Chris Durow. And this couldn't come at a better time, Chris. I'm sure you have lots of questions for Derek. Thanks, Patrice. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Derek's a good friend of mine, so it's it's nice to have him back on the show. Thanks for coming, Derek. And uh, I want to definitely bring this topic up because in the next few days, the Bank of Canada is going to be raising rates again. Uh, lots of speculation on that, but it sounds like it's going to be another good jump. So the questions on a lot of people's minds that I'm hearing, and I'm obviously not a mortgage broker, so I can only imagine how much Derek's hearing it, is people just trying to really figure out in this very different environment that we have not been in for a long time, what to do with these increasing interest rates, because they have been, we have had some doozies on the amounts that the Bank of Canada has increased. And it doesn't look like that's going to slow down for the next little bit. Depending on what you read and who you follow and everything else, they're predicting that these are going to keep increasing right into 2023 to try and combat inflation, which is also very, very high. Uh, so, Derek, thanks again for coming. And let's just, we'll just jump into it and have a chat on this and just give my listeners some ideas on what they should be doing. So, we'll start with um, the question on a lot of people's minds that have mortgages, special variable ones. Do they lock in if they know the rates are going to keep increasing or do they stay the course with the cheaper money now? Uh, First of all, Chris, thanks for having me again. Uh, It's great to be on here. To answer your question, it really is dependent on the person. So if you are with a, a, a particular lender right now, you may have the option of locking in your variable rate into a fix. So um, for example, if you have a five-year variable and you're two years into it, you are able to f- fix your rate into a term that's the equivalent or greater of what you have a remaining. So if you have a five-year term, you're two years into it, you can lock in for a three-year uh, remaining fixed. The problem is with it today that you know if you have signed this variable rate within the last two years, you're probably paying prime minus close to 1%. So uh, the equivalent today would be around 2.7%. To lock into a fixed, you're looking at a rate that's over or close to 5%. So you're virtually doubling and then some your rate that you have right now. So it really depends on you know what you have the ability to stomach and afford on a monthly basis. So your comfort level right now on, okay, do I want the security with rates going up? But the problem with that, that you hit, people have to realize is, yes, you're locking in your rate. That's giving you safety and comfort for when the rates continue to increase. But now 
you've limited your flexibility a bit, but also your payments initially now in the shorter term are absolutely going up. Is that correct? 100%. And if you have you know, something come up, coming up in life, you know, you're, if you're going to need money in a year or um, you want to say you finally might be able to find a contractor and you want to do some renovations on your house, or you want to invest. If you lock into a fixed rate, you're going to pay a much higher penalty to break that mortgage if you need to get out of it. Yeah. And I, I remember reading this, you can confirm if this is somewhat true. I remember reading that the, obviously most people take five-year fix and I remember reading that a high percent, like I, it was a relatively high percentage of those are usually broken around the three and a half year mark to the extent that the banks actually even on their balance sheets, even incorporate that they know X amount of people are going to break their mortgages and pay these penalties. Is that accurate? Oh, hundred percent. I, I don't know the, the statistic uh, off the top of my head, but I've heard in a roundabout between 70 and 80% yeah, of five-year mortgages are, are broken. Around the, I think it's a three point five to three year seven month mark. Well, that's a crazy amount of fees that they that they're collecting on people breaking these. So obviously, with a variable, you're not paying that steep of a penalty. You're paying a three month interest penalty on so, the balance of what you have remaining. Yeah, so that's something that obviously people it, there's. This is why it's so important to speak to mortgage brokers because there's just so many variables on these mortgages, especially in this environment. And it's just, you can't just look at the number and just focus solely on rate. Like rate's important, but there's so many other intricacies in that mortgage that you got to make sure you have figured out. Now, let's, so, okay, you're in a variable, you're five years fixed, or sorry, you're at a five year variable and you mentioned doesn't matter how many years you're in, you can, can still convert it to a fixed as long as the term stays the same. Now, is there a cost to do that, Derek? No, generally, uh, depending on the mortgage you're in, right? Like if you're, it, it all depends on what you've signed with your current lender. Different lenders have different perks, so to speak, right? Like some allow you to do a no cost conversion to a fix because in all reality, the banks want you in a fix because they have that security of knowing that most people won't want to pay the penalties to get out of them, right? Like there's a high percentage chance that you're going to go to the end of your term. So it all depends on the lender you're with. Like I've had a couple of clients that signed up into a certain term and certain product that they did not realize that they basically were not able to refinance or break the mortgage unless they sold their house. So it all really depends on your current lender. Okay. So if, if that's something that a client or a person is looking to do, like you really need to do some research to see what you're even allowed to do. And if you're allowed to do it, what's it going to cost you? Now, who shouldn't be in a variable? I, that's a really that's a really good question. And that's a really tough question to answer because it, it depends. Like if you're, if you don't have the stomach to, or, or the ability to handle the extra payments, one thing you could do is you could, you could go to a lender that 
changes as the variable goes up and down, the payment stays the same, but the allocation to principal versus interest differentiates. Yeah. So we, we were chatting about that and let, well, let's just touch on that now then. So that to me, that seems like a good option in this environment. If you had, you had mentioned previously before we started taping that not every lender allows this, but if you're in a variable and you get, and you set a fixed payment that's mm-hmm. for a good amount as the interest rates rise, yes, the payment now doesn't go, you have less payment going to principal and now more to interest. But the positive there is your cash flow is protected. What I mean by that for people is your, your monthly cash flow coming in is with these interest rates go up, you're used to making that payment. So it's not necessarily affecting your cash flow as much with the interest rates going up because you're used to that. And then eventually if interest rates go down, of course, it moves and now you're paying more principal. But to me, not a mortgage broker, that seems like one of the better things to do in this environment. Would you agree, Derek? And you were mentioning that not every lender can do that. So it's not an option for everybody. I would say this first and foremost, if you have the ability to afford the increases in the payments, paying the extra money that it costs as the rates go up will always be your best option because you're paying your mortgage down quicker. You're ultimately paying less in interest and more to principal if you can. Option B, if you wanted to, you'd have to see like if your current lender that you're with allows you to do that, then if you are on a fixed income or you just know that you're not going to be able to handle the payments, see if they allow you to fix that payment so that as stuff goes up and stuff rates go up or rates go down and the cost of borrowing changes, you have the ability to just keep your payment the same, but the allocation to principal or interest differentiates. Or the other option is, and you know, the most expensive option is if you had to break your current variable or fixed rate, you could go to another lender that allows you to do that. So from cheapest option, just paying what it's going to cost you to keep borrowing that money and keep as the rates increase, keep paying it. Or if the rates go down, keep paying it. That's going to save you the most amount of money to, you know, if you have to change lenders so that you have a variable rate and keep the payment the same, but have the ability to sleep at night, that's another option too. Okay. No, great tips. Now with these interest rates going up, what does that mean for qualifications? Because I know that I've even just seen from listening to clients and things like that, that just the difference in qualifying for mortgages, even over the last 12 months has been more difficult. So what is happening with qualifying now with these increased interest rates? So uh, when a, a client goes to qualify for a interest rate, say a variable rate, you still have to qualify at the Bank of Canada's qualification rate, which was a year ago, five point, I think it was 5.24. But they also have another caveat that depending on your rate, it's the rate plus 2%. So right now, as rates go up, you know, the qualification rate is now over that 5.25%, which was, you know, say last year. So 
as rates keep going up and you know we have this rate announcement on July 13th, it's going to reduce people's borrowing capacity, borrowing power. So as rates go up, you're going to be able to borrow less. Which is obviously a big deal for a lot of people somewhat newer in the housing market that simply just, as you just mentioned, was these interest rates continue to climb. If your income stays the same, you're simply not qualifying for as much as you were 12 months ago. Exactly. Like you, it's just, it's reducing your boring, boring uh, power, so to speak. Right. And then people that obviously fixed rate, they're good until they come out of those terms and then they'll be exposed to whatever the interest rates at that time. But as we were touching on anyone in a variable term, they're in, like if they're already in the mortgages and they don't need to qualify with these increased interest rates, obviously payments go up. Yes, correct. See, like some people that signed into a you know five year fixed, you know a year ago, two years ago, were you know below two percent. Conceivably, when they come out of it in three or four years from now, it could be five six percent. Now, let me ask you this. Over the last, let's say the last year of, again, I know you do quite a few mortgages. What are you seeing more people do? Not that that's the right answer, but I'm just curious. I'm sure listeners are. And is it, are more people getting fixed or are more people, people getting variable? And has that changed much in the last 12 months or is it still just, let's say your answer is going to be uh, it's probably fixed. Let's say, has, has it always been that way since you've been a mortgage broker, or have you seen any difference on if people are choosing one over the other due to the environment? Uh, I would say 80 to 90% are variable. Oh, it's that high. Okay. I, I would have thought yeah. in this environment, it would be, it would be um, less. So that's. See, see, the thing is like people are, you know, they're willing to ride it out, so to speak, because I, I've seen a client before that a couple of years ago, had a variable, it made the Bank of Canada made one rate announcement, it went up 25 basis points, and he locked in at the posted rate at the time. So when you lock in, it's it's you don't really have a lot of negotiation power. You basically lock in at your bank's posted rate. So at the time he locked in at, I don't know, I think it was like four and a half percent. So over the last couple of years, you know, rates went down like rates, the fixed rates, the variable rates were below 2%, 1.5%. And because he locked in, his penalty was so high that he had to ride out the 4.5%. So a lot of people aren't necessarily willing to lock in today, say at 5, 5.25% five in the hopes of in six months a year, the rates come down a bit so that, you know, maybe they might be able to lock in at three, three and a half in a year. Right. Yeah. It's just, they're kind of going, if you're locking in now, you're, you kind of, you know, putting all your chips in hedging that you can survive that five and a half percent, five and a quarter percent. Yeah. And I always say that there's, there's always a cost for comfort and with mortgages. That's pretty apparent that by locking in there's comfort, but you're definitely going to, pay for that as well too. So it's just important to take all these variables and definitely speak to a professional in regards to this because it's, it's a big deal. There's, there's a lot of things here that people need to understand. Now, what we saw, and everyone has seen this, is that over the last 
18 months, almost two years now. Um, you had a lot of people do renovations. People get their houses reappraised because the values went up so much and increased those lines of credits. And you saw a lot of people do renovations, buy cottages, things like that. Now let's go to the people that decided to increase lines of credits because of renovations. Is there any strategies right now that advise on with these increased rates what people should be doing if they have a mortgage and a line of credit? Well, a line of credit is always uh, more expensive than an actual mortgage. There could be a difference of you know one to one and a half percent. Uh, um, depending on who you have your uh, line of credit with, it's probably at prime, prime plus quarter percent, prime plus a half, whereas a mortgage is generally prime minus. So it it all depends on the person. It all depends on their ability to pay monthly. Like for some people that might be in a salary job plus commissions, if you get large commission checks and you have an open line of credit, you can pay that off real quick. If you're if you need to amortize it, amortize that uh, line of credit over a long period of time to ensure that it actually gets paid, that might be better for you too. It all depends on the client. Some people carry balances on those lines of credit for a long time and they don't have the discipline to pay it off. So I think it's really specific to the client, so to speak. So Derek, what about another strategy of balance? And what I mean by that is what about a combination of variable and fixed? Can people get that through certain lenders? Yes. For example, Scotiabank has a product called a step where you can have three components within it. So you could have, um, say you have a $900,000 mortgage, you could have a $300,000 fixed component. You could have a $300,000 variable component. You can have a $300,000 secured line of credit component. You can break it up within the umbrella of the step. So yes, you can do that if you wanted to. So it doesn't have to necessarily be all or none. There is combinations for people as well too, which is great because if Correct. someone's on the fence or not even just someone, because what I'll see sometimes is you've got a couple and one is like, no, a hundred percent. I've always been variable. And the other is like, well, I would like fixed. So that may be able to help marriage as well. As well. Um, but you have that, it doesn't necessarily have to be all or none. So that's great that those options exist. Well, and there's also too, like, for example, say you back to my analogy, uh, a salaried employee plus an annual or a quarterly bonus, um, certain lenders, again, we use Scotia, for example, um, you might have a 20% prepayment privilege uh, over the year term. So say your maturity date or your annual maturity date is um, December 1st, but you get an annual bonus on December 15th. What you could do is take from your line of credit, make a lump sum payment to your fixed component. So that way you make your payment privilege that year, reduce your interest paid. And then once you get your bonus, you pay your line of credit back off so that you're just using the tools that are available to you to reduce your payments. It's all manipulation of the product, right? Yeah. And just there's all these strategies that do exist. So that's why it's important for people to understand what fits for their comfort level, their balance sheet and personal situation for sure. So 100%. It all like there's no one set solution for everybody. It all depends on the person. 
Okay. Well, thank you very much, Derek. I really appreciate that. And uh, that's, I appreciate you hammering through all that and, and giving us information on a lot of questions I know that I've been getting asked. So it's good to have you back. And thanks again for your time on that. And uh, so what we'll do is if anyone has questions in regards to mortgages in the show notes, we'll have a link to Derek's website. And then Chris, how can people reach you? As always, just through my website, threeatsfinancial.ca and the contact button. And listeners, make sure you follow this podcast to make sure you know when the next episode is ready. And please rate, review, and of course, share with others. Thank you for listening to The Ride, Life, Work, and Wealth Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. All comments are of a general nature and should not be relied upon as individual advice. The views and opinions expressed in this commentary may not necessarily reflect those of Harborfront Wealth Management. While every attempt is made to ensure accuracy, facts and figures are not guaranteed. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing or tax advice. Please seek advice from your accountant regarding anything raised in the content of the podcast regarding your individual tax situation. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.